You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we talk about the Indiana Pacers five days a week. As always, I'm one of the hosts of the show, Tony East, with the West Indianapolis Community News, and over at 8 points, 9 seconds. Today, we're finally talking about a win. It's been forever since we talked about a win. It feels like March was so brutal, so brutal. It's over. April kicks off with a win over the playoff-bound, most likely Detroit Pistons. We'll also uh, look around the NBA a bit because standing season is upon us, and it's fun to see what's going on elsewhere. Uh, I want to talk about the injuries to Darren Collison and Wesley Matthews, and most importantly, I want to talk about beating Detroit. Uh, So let's start there because it's the biggest deal. So the Pacers back in the win column uh, after going three wins in their really, really brutal stretch of games. Um, And maybe even two. Their their march was rough. I mean, Knicks, Knicks, Thunder, Nuggets were their only three wins, right? Oh, the Bulls. They had four wins. Horrible month. So they kick off this month with a win right away. It was big for me to see, especially because... Blake Griffin didn't play for the Pistons, so it comes with a big asterisk. But especially because they started off down and and fought and came back and then held on. You know, they actually looked good holding a lead, something we have not seen from them in forever. Um, they came out in the second half, punched him in the mouth, got their lead up to like seven. Uh, then they let it get away and then punched him in the mouth, never let it go away. Uh, once they got it up to nine at the start of the fourth, they led the whole fourth quarter. It was great. They actually uh, played a really good second half on both ends, which is rare for them. Um, their second quarter was their good quarter. They dropped 36 in the second quarter behind the bench, which was the story of the night to me. Um, no Darren Collison, no Wesley Matthews. We'll talk about them later. Uh, Darren Collison nursing a groin injury. Wesley Matthews nursing a hamstring injury means... Corey Joseph and Tyreek Evans start, which it is what it is. Uh, there is a drop-off there, and it's sizable when these two guys sucking the way that they are. But the bigger drop usually comes from guys number three and four to guys five. Um, so the Pacers went with an eight-man rotation tonight, which was interesting. So Doug McDermott ended up playing some two with some starters, and Bojan played with the bench more often. But the only bench guard was Holiday, and it was Holiday, McDermott, Sabonis, four minutes of TJ Leaf. Um, it's, I can't believe they can, couldn't have found him more minutes in this one, but they needed uh, their best players the whole time to get the win. Anyway, Holiday was fantastic. Uh, so 25 minutes for Aaron Holiday, 10 points, 5 assists, 2 of 3 on 3s, 3 of 4 from the field overall. It's so weird that he goes through these stretches of really good and really bad. It's like a, an even 50-50 split on the season of good games and bad games. Um, but this one... Just came out of nowhere. Uh, he'd been playing pretty good to end March. I, I did a show earlier where I said he should play a bit more. I don't know how they're going to find the time. Uh, they finally found some time. He did great. That's great for his confidence. That's great for the team, knowing they can rely on him to be that guy uh, for this stretch where they push for the fourth seed. That will be more talked about in the Around the League section. But there were some uh, unfortunate results on that front in this night. And then McDermott was good. He hit a three at home, which I could do a whole show on that, apparently, because that's a huge deal. He finished with 11 points on eight shots, plus 17, uh, team high. So they were doing well with him on the floor. He was finishing well around the basket. You know, to have 11 points, only one made three for McDermott. 
means he was getting to the rim and he was hitting those shots. And then Sabonis was awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, Drummond got into foul trouble early, which limited how much contact he could really um, put into guys on defense. And that, you know, made him not as good. Sabonis was 8 for 10, 12 rebounds, 18 points, plus 14. Those three on the bench did a fantastic job. And then when they were mixing and match with other guys, you know, Bojan specifically, Bojan had 19 and 7 rebounds season high, 6 assists. I Actually, sorry, the 6 assists was his season high. Uh, he was contributing in every way, which they need him to do. Thaddeus Young was very good, 19 points on 12 shots, 9 rebounds. Uh, Turner was good with 17 points on seven shots, so really, that's six guys who were all good. Tyreek Evans was also in double figures, though he was just kind of okay. It took him 10 shots to get there. He was hitting his threes, of all the things. He was four of six from downtown, uh, missed all of his two-pointers, but he was effective enough to get it done. Corey Joseph uh, made two bunnies, but continues to struggle. He missed one in the third quarter, uh, and... I was watching him because I was waiting for him to miss and it just like to crack him, you know, like he knows he's slumping and he got mad and he fist pumped and audibly yelled something and the rims were really loud in this game. They were picking up all sorts of sound. So Corey Joseph's uh, yell was, was heard throughout the broadcast, which is pretty funny. Um, his defense was good. He did a nice job on Reggie Jackson, forced him into six turnovers, which is pretty crazy. Um, so credit to Kojo for that, but his offense continues to be problematic. Two for nine from the field just is not going to cut it. Now they're not going to not go in forever, but if they don't go in by the end of the year, you know you got to start thinking about some stuff. I don't know what it is, but if Holiday's playing like this, you maybe got to think about it. I don't think they'll do it, but I think you have to think about it. Um, but I was impressed with this this t- team. We'll talk a little bit about what they can take away from this heading into the next Detroit game, but. Like Wayne Ellington got stupid hot in the first quarter. He had 15, and he only finished with 26. Drummond had 18 and 17, uh, and that's like not like it was quiet. It's hard to explain how that's quiet, but it was. Uh, Thon Maker sometimes felt like the Pistons' best shot maker. He had four threes made. Reggie Jackson only made one three. Bruce Brown is an ineffective offensive player. Like Pacers did a pretty good job defending that starting five. Um, in general, their defense was, was solid enough. I don't think the, the final score really indicates that. But 102 in the modern NBA is still pretty good. Um, so if Blake was playing, this would have been a different game. But they did. A, I think the Pacers did a good job overall of uh, getting it done, shutting down just enough avenues for the Pistons to score, uh, and also finding just enough ways for themselves to score, especially in a game that had so many runs. So we're off to on the right foot to start the month. Uh, Detroit again on Wednesday. I'll talk more about what we can take from this game. Uh, into that game tomorrow. Let's take a quick break and look around the league, mostly the Eastern Conference, almost exclusively the Eastern Conference. Um, Yeah, it's just fun to to do all that stuff. Remember, you can check out this podcast on Himalaya. Himalaya is a podcast hosting site that caters more to you uh, than to just the average consumer. It's fantastic. Go check out Himalaya to listen to all your podcasts. And then let's take a break and talk about the league. So, t- tonight uh, was about as rough as it could have gone. Celtics beat the Heat. Sixers lose to the Mavs. Uh, basically, that means we still don't know who the Pacers are going to play in the first round, and they're still in fifth. I only say the first thing because I'm selfish, um, but I want to start like a bunch of articles coming out on 8.9 seconds about the Pacers-Celtics potential series, 
And the longer the Sixers keep putting off clinching the three seed, the longer I have to worry that I'd be wasting my time writing these things, uh, which is frustrating. So the Pacers remain fifth, uh, deadlocked 46-32 and 32 with Houston. The Hu- or with Houston, whoa. Deadlocked 46-32 and 32 with Boston. I don't even know where Houston came from. Are they even playing today? I, I haven't even thought about the Rockets. Anyway, um, D- uh, Boston has one more win against conference opponents and one more win against the Pacers. So they currently uh, own the tiebreaker. And even if they lose uh, in the next Pacers-Celtics game, they will maintain the tiebreaker the rest of the way because of their conference record. So uh, that doesn't really matter. They're just That's why they're ahead right now, even though the teams have the same record. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they go the rest of the year. The Celtics still have uh, the Heat again, who gave them fits tonight. 110-105 was the final now when they almost blew it. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how those teams handle their remaining schedules. Uh, they'll probably all be playing teams that will try, although maybe Atlanta and the Pacers last game might not try. I don't know. But the Nets will certainly be trying. Uh, the Pistons will certainly be trying, and the Celtics certainly will be trying. And on the Celtics front, I should have their schedule up every time. I talk about them, and I never do, but um, they have the Heat again, the Pacers, the Magic, who will certainly be trying, and the Wizards, who probably will not be trying, actually, so that goes in their favor. Um, but credit to them. They keep winning the games they have to win to stay ahead of uh, stay ahead of the Pacers. Other stuff that happened closer to the bottom of the conference tonight, uh, seeds 6 through 10 really still up for grabs. Uh, the Pistons look like they're in the driver's seat, but the Hornets just hanging around just enough, you know. Uh, Two and a half games out of, the, of that eight spot is the Hornets. Only a half game out of that eight spot is the Orlando Magic. Uh, so all the teams six through nine, actually six through ten. Wow, I, all the teams six through ten played tonight. Uh, Charlotte loses in Utah to the Jazz, so that's not good for them because the Pistons uh, already have 38 losses. So really, the Hornets are are four behind them with five games to go. That's rough. Uh, oh, I just clicked the wrong thing. That's not good. Um, continuing on, there we go. The Magic lost to the Raptors, so they remain uh, a half game out of the playoffs. The Pistons lost, uh, but everyone else lost is what I'm about to say. The Heat lost to the Celtics, and the Nets lost to the Bucks. Uh, I believe the Bucks are on the on the cusp of clinching uh, the number one seed. Actually, they are only one win away. It looks like from clinching the number one seed, which is super interesting. Um, but that means all those games and no traction changes at the bottom of the East. It's still Pistons, Nets, Heat, uh, which wouldn't really matter for the Pacers unless somehow whoever eight, the 8 seed is can beat the Bucks after the Pacers win. That would mean they host a series against, you know, one of these teams. Uh, if Philly does fall to the point where the Pacers are right on them in the tiebreaker. Actually, never mind. It doesn't matter. They already lost to them in the head-dead series. But there's just a lot of interesting stuff going on in the conference that's worth monitoring. And it's why all those teams are going to continue to try, which matters because Boston plays them, because the Pacers play them. Um, there's just no easy games the rest of the way. So Detroit's going to come out swinging on Wednesday. They're one game, or they're a half game above 500. They will absolutely want to win that game to A, stay ahead of all those teams, and B, to maintain uh, their solid record. So they'll be a tough out. The East is looking fun and interesting. Uh, now, let's talk about one last thing today. Let's talk about some some tough injuries to Darren Collison and Wesley Matthews uh, and what that means for the team right now and going forward. So one last break, and then we'll get you out of here. 
So, Darren Collison surprised us all. I actually fell for this as a joke. So the Pacers just out of nowhere, uh, 12 p.m., no, like 11 a.m. actually, because I was still at work. I had yet to go to lunch. Just drop a bomb. Darren Collison out. Groin injury. Wesley Matthews out with a hamstring injury. Now, mind you, this was after Blake Griffin had already been announced as out for the Pistons. So in my head, I thought, oh, this is kind of like fake load management. You know, these guys just aren't playing because uh, they think they can win without Blake. They're trying to get sneak some sneak some rest into this before they have a tougher game on the road on Wednesday. You know, not, not a bad idea. Pretty clever idea from the Pacers overall. Um, and then they play the game. You know, Corey Joseph stinks again on offense. Tyreek is pretty meh overall besides just crushing it from three. Holiday goes off, which is great. Um, so overall, it was just like fine that they were gone. It didn't hurt or help the team substantially. But then after the game, very subtly, Nate, uh, it wasn't subtle. Nate drops that Darren Collison and Wesley Matthews will miss the next game or will most likely Missed the next game against Detroit. So these are no longer my hypothesis correct injuries. These are not uh, one-off, we're resting because Blake's out, load management things. These are real, like, problems. Darren Collison's groin is apparently actually hurt. Wesley Matthews' hamstrings apparently actually hurt. If they are missing two games in a crucial push for a seed in the playoffs, that is not boding well for what these uh, these injuries actually are. So I am, I, I am worried. I'm in the worried stage. Um, Darren Collison, supremely underrated every game. Uh, one of the team's best shot makers and distributors. Um, they were missing that, although not as much because Holiday was a good surrogate in that way. Uh, and they didn't need a bunch of shot makers like they usually do because they had guys putting the ball in the basket. They needed defense. On the West Matthews side, he provides that three ball, uh, which the Pacers ironically also shot well in this game. And the defense, um, Tyreek just doesn't have that, although he did have both in this game. This is super ironic. So that's tough uh, to be missing those things on the road when, you know, Tyreek's not going to shoot four for six from three. Um, Corey Joseph can do fine enough on the Pistons' tiny guards, but, you know, you need Darren Collison out there to be that clutch guy. He's one of the best clutch shot makers on this team. Um, So on the bright side, you do get things like Holiday playing uh, 25 minutes too, which is – uh, the most they had off the bench, it was almost the fifth most on the team. He almost eclipsed Tyreek Evans' minutes total. So it's not for naught from uh, Evans and DC's injuries. They're not like, I mean, they're obviously bad, but they're not without opportunity. But uh, that it is a tough time for it given where they are. And I, I, I'm shocked that they're out because to me that, that shows some level of severity given where they are in the season. Um, if it, you know, when I thought it was lead management, it's like, whatever, this is just a one-off miss. But now that you realize this is an actual, oh shit injury, uh, this is, this could be something that lingers for them, you know, with a big, big Boston game coming up. Uh, it's hard to imagine them, you know, already being in a place where Nate can call them out two days earlier and then they come back just no problem, ready to go on Friday. That's, that's, I'm skeptical that we don't have to jump through some hoops before that stage in the process for both of those guys. So concerning timing for those, um, I, I'm sure they could be back. You know, I'm, I'm, I always suck at the whole injury prediction thing, but we'll see how it goes. I just I think it's worth monitoring, especially how it affects the team. They did get the win. Um, they they did they did fill those roles amply. Although I think it was a lot of fluky shooting was involved in that process. So I mean, I, I don't want to take away anything from this win. The team played well enough to get it done. It's just 
a thing to notice and a thing to keep an eye on because injuries, especially around the time right before the playoffs, are about as bad as it gets. So uh, just keep an eye on news for D.C. And, and West Matthews. They seem okay. West Matthews stood for the national anthem on the court, which is rare for injured players, and uh, he was on the bench being happy the whole time. So it seems like he's healthy. I didn't see D.C., but um, – it's going to be great when they come back. If they do, it sucks that they're out, but it is what it is. We'll just have to you know, see how the Pacers try to navigate it. It'll be very interesting. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning into the shorter episode. Uh, tomorrow's will probably be shorter too because guess what? We're talking about the Pistons again. Maybe I'll have a guest to make it easy, but you guys kind of already know the Pistons. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what's going on there. Uh, other than that, remember to check it out on Himalaya. Thank you guys so much for listening, and have a great rest of your day.